Survives Wingfoot. Now the moment Aaron Badley has waited. Curry Webb is the five-time Australian Open champion. Golf at its best by one of the best in golf, Peter Thompson. Stand in front of a crowd like this today and win the PGA Championship is pretty special. He's done it at last. Greg Norman. his name on the Stonehaven Cup. Leishman to 11 under. We've got a new leader, kids. Here it is. Adam Scott. A life changer. Coming up next, you have unrestricted access to golf across Australia and the world. Thanks to Golf Australia, we're going inside the ropes. Subscribe now on iTunes or your favourite podcast app or head to golf.org.au. G'day everybody, welcome to the show, it is Inside the Ropes for the 100th time, believe it or not, they said it would never last, raise, we haven't got bats so we've got pens, raise the pens everybody, thanks Clates, uh, who's, no one in their right mind thought this thing was going to last uh, to 100, it has, and what a joy it is to have been here for most of them. Um, we got a new sponsor too, Qatar Airways. Magnificent to have them on board experience the world like never before with Qatar Airways. And keep listening because uh, later on the show we're going to have a special deal for Inside the Ropes listeners. Uh, 10% off flights and you can tell me more about that. Mark Hayes who's been here for just about all of the 100. How are you, mate? G'day, Murray. Yeah, very excited that we made it this far. I, I didn't think we would, to be honest with you. I thought we would have been booted off the airwaves for many a reason by now, but uh, we've, we've hung in. Well, one of those reasons is very close <laughs> to you, but we'll get to him last. Hello, Joe Charlton. Hello, Murray. Hello, boys. Good to be here. One of the rising stars of Inside the Ropes. We wouldn't be where we are now without you. The one that's probably given us the most headlines on the way through, <laughs> raised the most hackles here, there and everywhere is you, Mike Clayton. How lovely to see you. And you too. Welcome to the 100th show. Thank you. Nice effort. Have you got anything today that's going to sort of ruffle a few no, feathers? No, no, we'll just see where it goes. Well, that's, okay. I like that. It's dangerous with you. Yeah. Uh, big show today. We're gonna, we'll lead off with Minji Lee. We'll have a chat about her in a moment. Um, there seems like there's some firming up of on the Tiger Woods front when it comes to the President's Cup, so we'll get to that. Mav Ancliffe is going to join us on the show cool. a bit later on. He's had an unbelievable two weeks up in China. Mm. Like... Three years to win your first, and then you win your second seven days later. I mean, that's the stuff that dreams are made of from he, a pro's he, perspective. He was dead stiff not to be Aussie of the week on our uh, well, yeah, Aussies on tour thing last week when he got pipped by um, Brendan Jones. And this week he's been stitched up by Minji Lee. Imagine winning back-to-back championships, Andy, on the world's professional tours and not rating Aussie of the Week at any stage. That's f- so it's stiff. In terms of the... And we'll get to... We'll speak more about this with mm. Mav Clates in a moment, but how significant will that be for him? It's clearly not where he wants to play his golf down the mm. track. He wants to play his golf somewhere else. But to get those two back-to-back, what will that do from a mental um, perspective for that player? Well, the money's... Always important. That's how that helps. It's yeah. much more important than the mental stuff. Doesn't it? The fact that you can well, you win, you know? Yeah, well, that, yeah, kind of confirms you're a decent player. But um, now there are two tours in China. Is the one he's on the one that feeds you onto the web.com? No, it's the other one. It's the China one. Golf yeah. Association okay. tour. So which one's the better one to be on? Well, he stands a great chance right now of winning the Order of Merit on the China Golf Association so, tour. And if he does that, it gives him the same. Uh, position on the European tour as Jake McLeod has for being so prominent right. on the Australian tour. So it's so actually it's a stepping stone to something worthwhile. Absolutely. It's not that it's t- not worthwhile, but mm. you're right. you, you don't want to be playing professional golf. Not right. Maybe in 50 years you do. 
But in it's China, a stepping stone to, yeah, to, to Europe or that's a fair call. I mean, no one's yeah. going to get no one's going to get upset about that. I mean, no. you know, that's just the reality of pro golf. I mean, all of those. When we spoke to Bryden McPherson about this not not that long ago on the show. They all want to be off that tour and playing somewhere else. We're interested to see what happens to it. That tour, whether the government who seemingly don't like golf very much, mm. whether that, because obviously if it took off, it would be a crazy big tour in China. They could fund, as the Japanese do, they could fund their own tour and have mm. a massive tour if the game became popular and the government decided they liked it. And I think the big thaw, or the big freeze is finished. It started to thaw out a little bit in terms of the Chinese government now, so we might see a bit of progress there. But, Andy, for them to be happy enough to be called the tertiary tour of the USPGA, mm. I mean, mm. it says everything about the tour standards. It does. So j- just before you're too far away and get on to Minji Lee, we know that there's some men making progress. What's the amateur strength of women's golf out of China like, Joey? Is it starting to... Get a foothold. Oh, yeah, there's definitely opportunity, yeah. opportunity plus plus all through through Asia. I'm just I'm going back to our Aussie girls. Our Aussie girls were over in Japan last week for the Asia Pacific. They performed really well. All yep. made all made the cut. Becky K shot eight under in the in the first round and was clubhouse leader. As for the depth in China, I probably couldn't speak yeah, to okay, right who and, and where. But but there's numbers. Um, you see Chinese flags across. Yeah, yeah, okay, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. there are a lot of. Young women looking at Shan Shan Fung, I can tell you that. Yeah. Good. They were very prominent early on in the in the in the warp. Yep. The warp. <laughs> Faded a little bit. Is it become known? Is it? It is. It's the warp. Yeah, the warp. Good. Right. Uh, yeah. And it's much easier to pronounce. Um, so mm-hmm. they were prominent early. Faded a little bit, but you can see them. They're all trying to imitate Shan Shan Fung, which is great. Minji Lee. Uh, she's the story of the week. I mean, it's remarkable that we sit here now and she's the number two ranked player in the world. That's phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Age twenty two. Uh, to be that lofty perch and, and have surpassed area Jatanagan, gone, gone past um, Hyun Kung Park, all these guys who we just associate with world-class golf, and she's ahead of them now, only trailing Jin, um, Jin Young Ko. Who's had two not, wins and a second place. Not just she's gone. She's gone oh, past the them numerically, but yeah. no, Hyun Park and Aria, I think are still the best two players to watch play golf, women's golf. They're incredibly strong. And, but to be in that... Top five is incredible. Her ball Absolutely. striking in that last round, like under pressure, she she just hit the ball. She com- she looked like she had complete control yeah. of where yeah. the thing was going. You know, yeah. I agree with Clates. I think that uh, you know that was only in terms of rankings. Yep, um, yeah, yeah. and she'd say that herself. Oh yeah, I mean two in the walls. I mean, if you rolled Menji and Ash Barty out, certainly on a name recognition basis, mo- most Australians would recognise Ashley Barty. Before that, recognise Menji. But isn't yeah, that, that's, fair. I, yeah. that's a problem for our game. That's what I yeah, reflect on. I think Blakey said it in his article that there are a lot of people, a lot of households that do not know who <coughs> Minji is, and we should be celebrating that. And she's just, she honestly is so remarkable, and you, spot on there, Mark. Um, Clates, that uh, I think, yeah, she's a household name that hopefully will gather lots and lots of momentum uh, moving I'm, forward. I'm far more filthy about it, Andy. I'm. About the fact that she's a, relatively unknown. Yeah, a bit devastated with yep. them, with some of the media coverage today. There's been some outlets of the mass media have been awesome. Mm. Uh, I cite ABC, for example. They were absolutely tremendous with their mm. coverage. Um, I don't think any of the newspapers gave it more than a wire service. And what the Herald Sun did today um, is nothing short of embarrassing. My mm. old employer. Yeah, that would be hard for you to say. Uh, it's gutting to see where it was placed and the, the, the lowly standing it has against. I understand that it's going to be behind the football pages yep. and the paper, but I just cannot believe that a woman winning a tournament on the foremost golf tour in the world, rising to number two in the world, 22, in this era of female sport coming through and getting its 
finally getting its dues, that it would be re- relegated back to an inside right page, mm. down page story, small picture, four paragraphs. Embarrassing, Herald Sun, straight out embarrassing. So what do we do? How do we? Well, how do, you can't force the issue. How do we, or can you force the issue? How, what, interesting, do we talk about the elephant in the room? Mindy's not the greatest interview in sport. I think this is part and of the right. This is part. How, how much of a player's persona is tied up with how well they play and how much they present themselves and how much they want it. So Kari never did. Kari mm. was a big star because she won US Opens and she was never a great friend of the media. But, I mean, Kyrgios goes down one road, so everyone notices him mm. and whatever mm. he does is a big story. So how do you manage that being sensible like Pat Rafter or John Fitzgerald or Peter McNamara mm. or... Mm. But being articulate and putting yourself across and being able to answer questions really well with either being quiet and passing off that role as you seemingly are not interested in it, or you, but you avoid the idiot role. Yeah, and, and yeah it's no, 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 it's, it's, it's a good you know, question. For, for her, I think if she wants more recognition, she's got to be more open and better at telling her story. Is that fair or not? I'm not sure. I think it's a worthwhile point to make. I think there's a real human element for Minji too. I think she's got that, but uh, yeah, it's, maybe it's just not a, it's a natural thing. Like chuck her out here, and um, it's not her domain. Chuck her out in the 18th fairway yeah. uh, with people chomping at the bit trying to beat her. I, That's yeah. her domain. Thing is, her brother is yeah. great at it. Yeah, he loves it. So am I, yeah. Dad. So, yeah. So well, it's just an interesting story yeah. how it all works. But and not everyone's great with the media. You know, well, yeah. I think I think she was. <clears throat> By her own admission, she'd say she she's not in a happy spot talking to the media, mm. but I think she's come a long way in the last eight or nine months, and she realises she's going to have to confront it. I'm putting a bit of the blame back on the media. Mm. Yeah, because half yeah, the yeah. things with Ash Barty, who's the most logical comparison right now, is because the reporters have uh, easier access to her than, mm. than people do to Minji, but they haven't formed the relationships with Minji Lee that they, they have with Ash Barty through tennis. Yep. Is it a fault of golf? Is it a fault of um, Minji? I don't know. But it falls back surely on the journalists to make their relationships with someone who clearly is going places. Yep. By the time they get to number two in the world, it shouldn't be them ringing the media manager of Golf Australia saying, how do we get in touch with Minji Lee? Yep. They should have that phone number in their phone. That's true. Yeah. What about, this is something you touched on. We talked about it yesterday on the radio show on SEN. She, I mean, she obviously from Asian parents, but when she plays, she got Asian sponsors all over her, her caps and her shirts and mm. her bags. She looks. If you walk, watched her walk down the fairway of a tournament, not knowing she was an Australian, you would think had every right to think that she's a Korean golfer. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. But if you, we want the Australian media to embrace Minji Lee, um, does she need some local logos on her bag? Does she need to be? Does she? Is, would that would that help if it was? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I, I hope this isn't to be misconstrued because I'm not meaning no, it to be at all, but would something familiar about it? Potentially, you, know? you could flip that on its head and that highlights another issue, that the, the sponsorship backing hasn't come from her homegrown uh, Australian fans and, and community. Mm. And maybe, yeah, the cash cow might be over in Asia and that's where she's getting it, but uh, potentially you flip that on its head and it's similar um, recognition that the, or lack of recognition that the media are giving her. That maybe there, that commercial power is not here for it. It's, it's like Formula One, for example, Andy. It's mm. much harder to buy a spot on the back of a Ferrari or a Williams or anything like that, the prominent car manufacturers, because they're always on TV. Of course. Mm. Yeah. The price goes up. Minji's hat and shirt has to be among the most prominent real estate 
in world golf because she's always in contention on a Sunday afternoon. Yeah. Almost always. Very I, rare that she's not yeah. the final five or six groups. Well, just, she looks like a Formula One driver too. <laughs> she does a little bit. She does, bit. yeah. I mean, she's not like... No, she's got Australian few. companies have been... I mean, like, can you name her, apart from Matt Griffin and Drummond Golf, an Australian golfer that's sponsored by an Australian company? Only small, like two bob companies. Not, yeah. No BHP, yeah, well, yeah, for example. Yeah. But I, I think it's time to change. And if you're looking for yeah. someone, Minji has been in the mix more often than just about anyone we know mm. um, in recent history. Even Adam Scott and Jason Day aren't in contention as much as she is. She There's some is money in WA clothes. There's money over in Western Australia. Yeah, I mean, sure. you know, she's a Perth girl. Proud I mean, Perth girl. Absolutely she is. You know, I mean... One yeah, of we're the not big... very good at sponsoring athletes. So no, certainly that's, not yeah. golfers or tennis yeah, players. yeah, yeah. Anyway, but that's, well, that's part, yeah, of, that's, that's part of the challenge that we've got over here. But it is, it's sad, you know, it's, it is the only, it's one of the few, de- the, the coverage that she's received, I couldn't agree with you more, Hazy, and the lack of um, recognition from the broader Australian sporting community. And we know, we're in the middle of our league and AFL seasons at the moment, so everybody knows the, you know, the focus of the two big football codes in Australia, but this doesn't happen very often. I mean, she's climbed higher in her game than Ash Barty has in yeah, her right. game. She's way ahead of where Ash Barty is. Well, it's Barty nine now in the world. Yeah. Nine, yeah, nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And having just won her first tournament on the WTA. So, yeah. I mean, she's now won five, um, has won countless other tournaments off the LPGA Tour, um, two Vic Opens, for example. Mm. Um, you know, she's such a, such a powerhouse. She, mm. She's mentally strong. She's physically strong. She was mash, smashing the ball way past Nana Madsen, who's a long knocker herself in the final round. Obviously, she was pumped up a little bit, but uh, just a phenomenal athlete mm. in the making. And she's got 10 clear years of power ahead of her. Well, we're going to hear from her, aren't we? We are. We had the great fortune. Um, our regular listeners, Andy, will know that Christina Lance, who is a, uh, a freelance, pardon the pun, a freelance addition during the Women's Australian Open in Adelaide this year as a, as a co-host, uh, managed, she managed to uh, very graciously come on board and interview Minji Lee as she finished her round at the LA Open. Hey, Hazy, it's Christina Lance with the LPGA. Great to hear from you. I'm here at Wilshire Country Club with an exciting guest for you here. We're here with Minji Lee. She just won her fifth LPGA Tour event here at the Huge L Air Premier LA Open, a four-stroke win. She's signing autographs. We're multitasking. Look at her go. Look at her go there. Minji, it's always fun to do this part, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, after a win, I guess this is part of it. So, yeah, no, it's pretty nice feeling. We just wrapped up pictures in front of the Hollywood sign. Lots of fans around, including one little boy named Micah, who's been following Minji around all week. Minji, I asked you earlier, um, Kari was such a role model to you. Now you're a role model to all the kids back in Australia, kids around the world. What does it mean to you um, to be that person that these kids look up to? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty special um, to be able to grow the game like the way um, we get to um, def- on being on TV and obviously being able to meet um, like little kids like Micah out on the tour. So, yeah, it's just really it's just really cool that we get to um, be part of sort of them growing up um, playing golf and getting them into the game of golf. So, yeah, just um, if, if I can be half as what Webby is like, um, to to us, then um, I'd be really happy. <laughs> Let's go through your round here real quick today. You finished up with a great eagle, excuse me, a great birdie on number 18. Not too many people were birdieing 18 this week, but it got a little iffy there in the middle. Talk us through your round and about how you, you made your way around the course here at Wilshire. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, um, probably on 13 or 14, I made a bogey um, today. But um, other than that, I, th- I felt like all week I've been striking it pretty solid and um, I've been putting pretty um, solid as well. So um, I felt like I had a lot of part- a lot of the parts of my games under control. So, yeah, I- I'm- I've been feeling pretty confident and um, just throughout the whole week, I-, I stayed pretty patient out there. So, yeah, I felt like um, it all came together for this win. We also had Hannah Green playing well early, earlier in the week. This is Sarah Jane's last week before she goes on maternity leave. Had to be a good feeling to see all those Aussie flags up there toward the top of the leaderboard. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Hannah was um, there and she spread water on, the, water on me on the 18th hole. And um, earlier this week, we had Sarah's baby shower. So I got to see everybody um, pretty much all week. And um, it's really nice to see um, all the Aussies doing really well um, out on tour. And yeah, that, that just means we get to see more of each other, which is nice. And now I know you're, you're busy signing autographs here, but heading up to San Francisco tomorrow to play Lake Merced, which is, of course, pretty special to you. And it is to me. You and I celebrated your girls junior win there. So I think we've got some good memories there. Yeah, I mean, um, that was probably the first time we met each other, I think. So, yeah, I, I have really great memories at um, Lake Merced. And I always love going back there because it's such a challenging golf course. And um, I really, I just like going back and seeing the little, you know, the 2012 um, US girls um, they have like a little what do they have like little frames and photos of us Um, for you yeah so that's really cool to see and um, I've got really great memories even from last year Mm -hmm. um, at that golf course so yeah I just really like going back there even though it's really cold Can't be colder than you are right now, ladies and gentlemen. She's she's drenched because her friends came up and, and doused her with water on 18. But like I said, anytime you see me coming, anytime you have the photos, anytime you have to sign, it's because you won. Yeah, I know. And we had um, and we did lose the shirt for a little while, so. Yeah, the shirt has been found, ladies and gentlemen. Hazy, you don't need to send out the uh, the police to find her uh, to find the shirt. So, Minji, as we wrap up here, um, just what do you have to say back to the fans back in Australia, back home, who've been supporting you for so long? Um, yeah, just a huge thank you um, to everybody's unconditional support. Um, I know it doesn't go unnoticed, um, definitely to me, and um, I I I feel like. Um, I don't see a lot of the people back at home um, who send me so much support, but I know you guys do. So thank you very much. And um, I'm looking forward to seeing everyone when I get back home at some point. Well, thanks so much, Minji. Enjoy this moment. We're sending it back to you, Hazy. This is the 100th episode of Inside the Ropes, and uh, we're really excited to cap it off with a great day for Australia here in Los Angeles. Thanks so much, guys. That's awesome. That's absolutely fantastic. Yeah. A huge shout to Christina Lance for bringing that together. and. and Minji, um, obviously excited about going back to San Francisco this week, but I reckon I put it to you, Clates, just quickly. That was pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. <laughs> it's not bad, eh? It was better than she was on the TV, much better. Yeah. I think good. she's actually good, really though. at home with Christina, yeah. Yeah. and as, she, good, as yep. she has been with me for the last few years now, mm. um, she needs to feel that sort of comfort, but I reckon that that's extremely marketable. There's plenty, plenty of 22-year-olds playing other sports yeah. who aren't yeah. as competent yeah. as that, and yeah. as, she's getting far more relaxed. Yeah. So that's, it's You can choose to kind of embrace the chance to be good at that stuff. I mean, Jeff Ogilvie is a classic case of a guy who was brilliant at that. I mean, mm. he had a great brain for golf, and he could articulate well what he was thinking, but the press guys were always... 
know, if you needed a quote on the golf course or the state of the game, or you went to Jeff, I mean, because he mm. was great at that. Mm. Mm. Not that it, you know, I mean, he was unusual, but mm. you know, if you get good at that, then I think that helps the, the what we were talking about before—the profile and the media stuff. And you know, if you're interesting to talk to, then you'll attract media because they, you know, because they there's, want to know what you think. There's no doubt. You, the, yeah. I mean, you know, you, you're good at the caper. I mean, you, you were covering golf for the Herald Sun for a long time, so you, we cover sport. You know who the good. The quotable players are. I mean, Greg was always, he would always bow the top off the yeah, even if press it was on completely, Tuesday. Yeah, it was stupid, the yeah, stuff that yeah. he said. He always had something yeah. to say. So, but, but, you know, but he was giving, you know, I mean, Greg's different. But he was, the, the newspaper headline writers always had the headline for Wednesday. Yeah. Because Greg discovered to him on Tuesday. Mm, absolutely. Mm, mm. Um, so from one young Western Australian who's done great things this week to another who continues to just make the steady progress that we want to see from him is Curtis Luck. And it's a remarkable story what happened in the Zurich Classic with him and Hank Laboda. Um, I think I never quite know whether I've got Hank's surname. I was going to go with Lebiota, but I'll Lebiota. What are you? What are we going <laughs> with? Lebiota. Hank's Hank's <laughs> remarkable how this came about. Well, the no lang up guys. Yeah, the podcast. Yeah. Yeah, the so, podcast guys yeah. said these guys need an invitation. Invite yeah. these guys to the tournament. Yes. I liked it. Gave it a like and. They got an invitation for the tournament. So, so yeah. Social media. There you go. Media. The power of 163,000 plus jumps into mm. their kick as a result of them finishing just off the pace. But it's a good story, isn't it? And it's, I mean, there's no ranking points on the line, which I'm sure is yeah, a frustration. Right. <laughs> hey? Yeah, well, there were, well, the, well, it goes, the rankings don't matter. There was FedEx Cup points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you know, yeah. Or money. Yeah, well, the yeah, money's the most important. Yeah, clearly the most important. They're yeah. right in Palmer, part of the winning team from an official world golf ranking perspective, slides down the world rankings as opposed to going up. So he loses a couple of places, which is kind of crazy to think that you can win a tournament with that many good players in it, PGA event, that doesn't get you any uh, world rankings points. We had that same drama with Camus a couple of years ago. ago, It didn't seem fair at the time. Um, What it does do for Curtis Luck, aside from his biggest check of the year so far, is bump him up to 139th in the FedEx Cup rankings, which in and of itself is nothing miraculous, mm. but he's now within sight of the 125 that keeps their card for next year. And speaking to him the other day, he was very excited about that. And he's opened up a couple of spots in his schedule for the next couple of weeks as a result too. So um, huge result yeah. for, for Curtis Luck, Cottesloe Golf Club. Hannah Green did really well, as, as she Minty did, mentioned yeah. there. She was tied 14th. So another great week for WA Golf. Mm, indeed. Um, the winning, We should spend a minute on the winning team. It's pretty significant what happens. I mean, John Rahm's going to win a lot of tournaments. Yeah. You know, he's just going to be a winner, um, you know, for a long time to come. Not so Ryan Palmer. I mean, nine years between tournament <coughs> victories for Ryan Palmer. And it sort of struck me as, I didn't realise, I mean, you see his name on leaderboards from time to time. This clearly meant the world to Palmer. And I hadn't, I wasn't aware of the fact that, and this is what happens with professional sports people, they're, they're living lives away from sport. His wife has gone through breast cancer treatment and clearly his focus has been on family and his partner as opposed to golf. And and that's all rolled into the outpouring of emotion and he was he could hardly contain himself when he was being interviewed and after the after the win. Hard on the heels of his um, wife's troubles. Mm. Um, he had a, an injury himself, uh, a shoulder injury, I think, that required a major medical exemption as mm. well for him to play. He, so basically he would have lost his card at the end of 2017, so it's a big mountain to climb for him to come back into the winner's circle in 2019. So they weren't going to play together, were they? What happened? Who's, whose partner got injured? Yeah, Someone's no, partner. Well, they Palmer, both lost partners. Well, Palmer, Palmer normally partners. plays with yeah. Spieth, doesn't he? He normally plays with, with Spieth. 
What's he doing? He's don't know. He's probably retired, trying to, injured or not retired. Not retired. But <laughs> don't, he's trying to work it out. I knew, get a head, I knew we'd get a headline out of you. <laughs> I just, I mean, I'm glad because we haven't seen you for a while. Yeah. <laughs> the, the 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 polarity between I think I hope that's the right word, but the extremes between his best and worst at the moment, Jordan Spieth, is yeah, it, it's extraordinary at the moment. Like, yeah. how do you how do you find the middle ground when you're in the kind of world that Jordan Spieth's in at the moment? I don't know, I haven't seen him play, so I don't know what the issue, whether it's his ball striking, which was, we were always ragged on his ball striking, but his stats were incredible. He's mm. a great iron player. And he obviously was a tremendous, he was the best player in the world, so he was, mm. you could do everything. So whether he's struggling with the ball striking, I listened to a podcast the other day when he was, before Augusta, when he said he felt like it was coming back and he'd been struggling with it, but it was getting better. But pro- players always say that. They mm. always hope that, you know, the next shot's the one that turns it around, but... You know, he's, I guess he struggled with his padding. I don't know. You would need to go and watch him play and mm. really study why he hasn't not playing as well as he was. But when you're a bit unusual, <clears throat> like he's not textbook, is he? Speed. No, but that's in an era when lots of guys are. But I mean, 30 years ago, he wouldn't have been that. You know, it wouldn't have been. Everyone was not. Well, most guys were. Had to be. You could recognise everyone swing from 200 yeah, yards away. Yeah. Now you can't. So the question I was going to ask you, and you probably answered it right there, is that if you are a little bit instinctive as opposed to being yeah. mechanical, if something goes wrong, or you, you know you just lose the feel a bit, is it a bit harder to get that back? If it's a if you are dealing with something, it's oh, a, a yeah, bit. Yeah, I mean a little bit. You just go back know, to the range. I mean they've got you know track men and video. Well, video has been available, but you've got all the information you need to figure out what's going on. You just go to the range and figure it out, mm, sort mm, it out. Mm, I think there's a balancing know. act too when you are an instinctive player, and you, you'll yeah. speak to this better, Clates, and I will. But it's a, we're getting so scientific yeah, in, yeah. in how we um, some the technical elements of, of the game, and I think as a player who probably is a little bit more in, instinctive, has there been something that's you know a little bit scientific that's tipped him over the edge mm. and he's lost his confidence. I'm making up assumptions, but no, no, um, yeah, yeah, they're yeah. the sort of little things that can happen yeah. um, that can sort of un- unravel you. But it's easy to make judgments from afar when, in reality, the only way to see how Jordan Spieth's playing is to go and watch, watch him play. play. Yeah, no, watch yeah, him play 72 yeah. holes yeah. or 36 yeah. if he misses the cut, but then you'll be able to tell more. But you've got to see what, how someone's playing and what mm. they're doing. And he was OK at Augusta, wasn't he? He finished all right. Yeah. He had some moments early yeah. that were a bit wobbly. The week yeah. before, yeah. didn't he give it... 30, 42, 31, then that's, that's, 31, 40 or something crazy. This is yeah. I'm talking. It's all over the shop yeah. at the moment, you know, so, yeah. Um, we'll have to get a break. Yeah, Maverick Antcliffe, not too far away from joining us. Um, but we should mention this deal that we've got going for listeners of Inside the Ropes. Great to have Qatar Airways on the board. They fly. Did, I don't know whether you knew this, Hazy, but they fly daily from Melbourne, <laughs> Perth, Adelaide and Canberra and twice daily from Sydney to more than 100... I'll say this... I want to underline this, 160 destinations worldwide, including 55 European cities. We've got a deal going for Inside the Rope listeners. 10% off your next Qatar Airways flight, plus receive an additional 10 kg baggage so you can travel with your golf clubs for free if you book at www.qatarairways.com and use the promo code GOLFAW. A-U. What did I say? A-W. Oh, can I just say that again? <laughs> Golf A, come back here. Golf AU is the promo code you've got to use. That goes all right, doesn't it? That's fantastic. And it's just a quick stop, one quick stop, Andy, at the Hamad International Airport in Doha. That's all you got to Worst do. Worst places to, to stop over, I would have thought, Hazy. Um, to get to your, all your European destinations. So that's going to be a cracker with your golf bags, in, your yeah. golf sticks no, in no, tow. No, no. Nothing golfers hate more 
<laughs> playing excess baggage on their golf clubs. Yeah. Well, hey, so because of our Very deal with our good friends at Guitar Airways, mm. those days are over. <laughs> 10 <laughs> kilos, well, How much do your sticks weigh? Uh, You're travelling uh, back. Clayton only plays with a five iron and a putter. Well, I've got, I put, I put everything in one. I put my <laughs> yeah. clothes and my bag all in one. I can get it to about 18 kilos, 90 kilos. For an entire oh. holiday. <laughs> yep. That's impressive. Oh, so yeah. so clothes, clothes, the whole thing in one bag. Impressive is one word for it, Hazy. Um, <laughs> irresponsible is probably another one for, from a personal hygiene perspective, but we'll um, worry about it sometimes. We're going to break out of the way. One of the really good stories of Australian golf this week is Maverick Ancliffe is going to join us on the 100th edition of Inside the Ropes on the other side of the break. Hi, I'm Minji Lee, and I'm proud to be an ambassador for MyGolf, Australian Golf's National Junior Program. One of my favourite things about coming back to Australia is seeing all the kids getting into golf. MyGolf is every Aussie kid's first step on their golfing pathway. It's all about fun and friendship, learning golf and life skills in a safe and healthy environment. Sir, if your child is between 5 and 12 years old, be sure to find a program near you at mygolf.org.au. Welcome back to the show, the 100th episode of Inside the Ropes. We are here thanks to Qatar Airways. Experience the world like never before with Qatar Airways. We're about to be joined by a young man who um, has had a fantastic fortnight. Uh, no two ways about it. Just before we do, and to put him under the pump, we should mention some of the names of just some of the names of the people that he's following who have joined us on Inside the Ropes through uh, the first 100 episodes. It's the it, Clates, This is the root, the who's who of, of world golf. When you look at the names. Australian golf, yep. And uh, World, World Golf. Kari Webb, Baker Finch, Gary Player, uh, Bruce Devlin, Jan Stevenson. David Graham. David Graham. David Graham. Keith Pelly. Is he oh, a luminary? Was that? Is he a luminary? Uh, on the way, I think. He's a luminary for joining us on the show, there's no doubt. As our next guest, too. Uh, young professional golfer, you know, it's obviously tough to win out there. There's so many good players around the world. Well, it took him three years to get his first, and it's taken him seven days to get his second up That's in China. Fair. This is a remarkable story. Young Queenslander, Maverick Ancliffe, has been good enough to join us. Thanks for being part of the 100th uh, celebration of Inside the Ropes, Mav, and well played on the weekend and last week as well, mate. Congratulations. Cheers. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me on. What's working so well for you at the moment? It's um, a good question. Uh, I don't know, just kind of keeping it in play, hitting a few close, making it up and down when I need to, and, yeah, just keeping momentum going, really. I, I, there's no one more in Australian golf, Mav, I would suggest to you, that's flying under the radar in a bigger way than you. Nearly in the well, top 13 in the Australian Open, Really good results to start the year, and you could walk down the street anywhere, and no one would have the faintest idea who you were. Is it something that motivates you or disturbs you? Oh uh, no, I actually really like it, to be honest. <laughs> you don't want you <laughs> don't mean, you don't want to be a rock star? Uh, no, not really. Eh? I just like to, you know. I mean, if you can just do your thing and play well and stuff like that, I mean, yeah, that's all I want to do. I just want to play good golf, and the rest will just take care of itself, really. It's a very, very good attitude. I want to know, is there a word for a hat-trick in golf if you win three weeks in a row? Or should we come up with one now? Motivate you going into next oh, week. Yes. Oh, is there? We've got a few weeks off, so we've got a bit more time to think about good it. Good point. Um, I think, isn't it turkey, three birdies in a row? I was about to say, it had to be a bird. Oh, it, that, maybe on this, that's a really that's good... three birdies in a row? Okay. Turkey? Well, yeah. well, what's Nicholas, a bigger version yeah. of a turkey? I'm getting into a really strange story. Mike Clayton. <laughs> Greatest three in a row was a guy called Shaman Nan from Taiwan, who 
three weeks in a row shot 64 in the first round in, the, in Japan yeah. and led for 12 straight rounds. Did you wow. really? Is that a fact? Wow. That's pretty good. That, that was, goes all right. Shami was a great player. He won the World Cup at Royal Melbourne with Mr. Lou in 1972. Oh, yeah. Never missed a fairway ever. That's amazing. But he shot three 64s on Thursday and led for 12 straight rounds. So tell us for you, Mav, how's it played out, the, particularly last week, uh, the Peninsula Open? How, how did it, from a, the flow of the tournament, how did you start and how did you kind of uh, track your way through the four rounds? Yeah, well, I mean, obviously it was a new experience, like trying to back up from a win. Um, but uh, the first probably five or six holes out there are quite strong. Um, I got off to like a uh, pretty average start. Like I was more, one over through like six or seven, and then uh, made a bogey on 11 from, like, nowhere. And I just kind of gave myself a bit of a talking to, and <laughs> I really liked the way the back the back nine kind of set up and finished strong, and then um, got a bit of momentum going on Friday morning and then played that front nine pretty average uh, coming in. But then I uh, just kind of looked at my strategy a little bit over the weekend, and I was able to manage those holes a lot better early in the round, and then I uh, just... Played the back nine really well. And, yeah, just kind of, I don't know, it's like it's one of those things you don't really think about winning, but, you know, I, when I got to 10T on Sunday, um, I knew that I'd be a sniff, so if I could just, you know, keep my head down and keep doing what I was doing, I'd be all right. Is it good to win it two ways, Mav? Because the week before you absolutely tore the field apart and led from basically from early on and just dominated. Is it nice to know yourself that you can do it both ways? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, it was actually funny because I was probably more nervous last Sunday um, than, like, sleeping on the lead. Like, when I was sleeping on the lead, like, I, I really liked the golf course the week before. Like, it just set, like, just suited my eye. Hit a lot of good iron shots. The greens were fast and it was quite windy, so, like, I knew that no one was really going to go out and post something, like, super, super low on Sunday. But then I was kind of, yeah, I was a little bit more nervous because I was, you know, a little bit of expectation and stuff like that. And then obviously with the start, you know, I knew I had to get off to a good start and make good swings early. So, but yeah, it was nice to come from behind. And it was good to play with. I played with a uh, guy from uh, Goldie, Jackson Dick. So we grew up playing together and stuff. So that was cool. We've been sort of uh, learning a bit about the, the uh, US PGA Tour of China through Bryden McPherson over the last couple of years, Mav. We're sort of more familiar with the, I guess, the prizes on offer on that tour. Um, for you to keep going on the China Golf Association Tour, where does it take you if things pan out well? Because you've put yourself in a, obviously a, a, a very strong position with two wins in the first two tournaments, and there's not a lot on the calendar. Yeah, it's um, so there's like there's a couple of different options because if you win the money list, you get um, I think it's category 16 on the European Tour, which is just above Q School. It's the same category that they offer for the like winning the Aussie Order Mer, uh, and then. At the time of second stage, uh, European Q School, they take the top three. Um, so you get exempt to second stage, so you can kind of get your card that way as well. And then they actually have a couple of challenge tour events, uh, Hainan Open and Foshan Open. Uh, so, I mean, if you play well in those, then you can kind of backdoor some challenge tour status as well. And then uh, top five, the top ten that enter final stage of Asian Tour Q School after the year's finished get that as well. So like, there's a few different avenues, which is nice because that's how I, I got the final stage in uh, last year of Asian Q School. 
Matt, I hope this question comes out the right way. Do you, you're playing up there and you want to play somewhere else. We, we've spoken to Brighton about this, as Hayes, he said, you know, a couple of times. Do you feel like anybody's taken any notice of the tour up there and the performances? Does it? Do you feel like you're making any kind of noise in the broader golf community up there in China? Um, I don't know. I haven't really paid too much attention to it. Like, uh, I had a few people reach out to me after Bangladesh, and then, um, like, I mean, now that they're offering world ranking points in 17, they weren't offering world ranking points. Last year they were, and then they still are this year. Mm. So, I mean, it's just, I mean, if you're climbing up the world ranking and stuff like that, like, people have to take notice, I guess. What does it mean to you in terms of your development, um, you know, as a professional golfer, to get the first one and then back it up with the second, you know, the next tournament? What, what do, have you kind of, has the dust settled on that and in terms of your own self-confidence levels and um, have you kind of worked out what that actually means to you? Um, not like, yeah, I mean, it hasn't really sunk in, to be honest, like, finished on Sunday, went straight to the airport hotel and then I was travelling all yesterday and last night so um, but yeah, I mean, I'll probably take a few days to reflect over it and I'm seeing my coach on Thursday so we'll probably have a good talk about it but um, obviously like I was extremely happy and uh, proud of myself to back it up you know, because it's so easy, I guess well, it's not easy to win but it's quite easy to then kind of you know, just you know, just float through the next week rather than you know, get stuck in and, you know, stick out the tough times and stuff that you're going to have during rounds and tournaments and stuff and then capitalise on the opportunities you get as well. So now, Mav, I understand that coach is uh, Grant Field, uh, yes. you know, long-standing, and he's, he's got great feel for what it takes to get to that next level. Where to next for you and what's Fieldy telling you you've got to do to get to the next level? Um, what, what, what do you mean by the first part of the question? Like, like, what do you mean? Like, where where will you be? What's your next mission? Which tour are you going to take on or which events oh, are you going to play um, in? Well, uh, I don't really... Uh, next tournament, hopefully, uh, like maybe potentially playing uh, Diamond Cup in Japan next week or maybe Korean Open in a few weeks. Uh, and then I also have uh, US Open sectionals up in Japan. But, um, I mean, I've had a lot of conversations with Fieldy and... Uh, since working with him, like my game feels like it's a lot more rounded. Like I used to lean on my ball striking quite a lot. Where now I'm starting to see myself make up and downs when I need to to keep momentum going during rounds and stuff like that. So I feel like it's it's not as one dimensional, which is nice. Um, but I mean, obviously, you want to get on a main tour and play with the big boys. So now that's the goal. Mev, uh, you came to a lot of our attention during your, your collegiate career in, in uh, Augusta State. Uh, yeah. At the time, I think you were rocking some fairly serious locks. Uh, they're, they're gone now. Uh, yeah. What's the plan? Are we going to see something a bit sort of, you know, bouffant in the next few weeks and months ahead, or are we going to trim it up again? No, no, I probably won't be getting a haircut for quite some time, I'd say. <laughs> Mate, hang on to it while you can uh, as the piece of advice that I've got for you. Uh, it's to be celebrated. No guarantee it's going to be with you forever, my friend. Um, so we wish you all the very best. And I, I, I just want to wish him before he goes, yeah. Andy. I, I don't know what you've got to do to be Aussie of the Week on our on our website because you've been stitched up by Brendan Jones mm. and Minji Lee in back-to-back weeks because normally you would have been probably twice already, Mav, but uh, we promise we'll get to you next time, OK? Uh, cheers, thank you.
No, it sits comfortably in the hashtag golden era conversation, uh, I would have thought. Uh, Maverick Weller joining us 66-66 on the weekend to go back-to-back. It's a fantastic achievement. And it's all in front of that young man. Uh, we're going to break out of the way here, the 100th edition of Inside the Ropes, a heap of other stuff we've got to get to on the other side of this short break. The Golf Australia website is now the place to go to look up your handicap and so much more. Whether you're out and about on your phone or in the office trying to avoid work, just go to golf.org.au and punch a golf link number into the box at the top of the homepage. Who knows, maybe that last round was just good enough to put you in single figures. While you're on the site, check out the daily golf results at your club, view our course index for up-to-date ratings, read the latest golf news from home and abroad, listen to Australian golf podcasts and interviews and watch video tournament highlights or tips to improve your game. It's everything a golf tragic could want. Visit golf.org.au today. The home of Australian golf. Welcome back to the 100th edition. That's right, 100 editions of Inside the Ropes. Uh, and because we get to the number, the big sponsors want to jump on board, and it's lovely to have Qatar <laughs> Airways part of the 100th celebration of um, Inside the Ropes. Don't forget the 10% off your next Qatari Airways flight, plus you get that extra 10kg of baggage, which from a golfing perspective is very important. Book via www.qatarairways.com and use the promo code. I'll get it right this time. Golf AW. No, no. I've done it again. <laughs> You're killing us, Andy. Golf, Golf AU. Golf AU it is. <laughs> Golf AU. I said I'd get it wrong. Why am I having trouble with that today? Golf AU is the place to go. I'm glad someone's listening. Um, so we've got a bit to get through just before we wrap it up. Um, Tiger. 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 Tiger's playing the President's Cup. He's announced he's going to pick himself, hasn't he? Is that what he's done? He basically, yeah. So I'm, he, the, I'm the captain, I'll do what I want, and I'm playing. <laughs> he's written a captain. Well, he should be. He's written a captain's blog on the um, President's yeah. Cup website and basically declared himself in. He said he'd like to get to the position where he doesn't have to use a pick on himself, yep. but in, in bringing in the old hands of uh, Stricker and Couples in particular, as well as Zach Johnson, he's comfortable leaving them to run the ship when he's out on course. And he signed it playing captain. So how do you think it would go down if he came down here as a master champion and didn't play? It would go down well, wouldn't it? That, there wouldn't be a lot. Golf fans in Melbourne would be really happy about it. <laughs> or what about the, the, the power brokers at the PGA? I think are pretty keen for him to, from an interest level in the yeah. President's Cup, I think are probably we'll pretty keen for him to just go pretend that he's Collingwood for the week. Oh, that'll be easy well, everyone to do. Will be going, everyone will be bagging for Tiger. Are we allowed to boo him? No, he's got to be. He's, yeah, well, he's, no, he's just Collingwood for the week. Can we boo him? I mean, <laughs> booing's been boo. such a big no, talking point this boo. weekend. Others not let to boo him? No. Because no. a bit of that happened on the weekend. Who got the heckle? Um, it was, what's Can his name? Billy Horschel. No, Billy oh, Horschel. Sorry, Billy Horschel oh, had the big get in the water. He did, yeah, and he gave it that. Yeah. And the F-bomb was heard loud and clear, and the poor commentators had to apologise. But, you know, it's kind of a bit... It's a bit jarring when you hear that stuff come through from the effects mic from some pickle in the crowd. Like that's, isn't it? Like that's really unusual to hear that stuff at a golf tournament. It really was. And then to, for Horshill to walk along and use the commentator as a way of apologising for his yeah, language in yeah. response, it was all yeah. a bit odd, really. It was. But, yeah, great to have Tiger almost certainly 99.9. Oh, well, no one's going to stand up to Nah, him, playing captain in town, Royal Melbourne. So that's going to be awesome. It's going to be the biggest sporting event in Australia, isn't it, this year? Oh, it's shaping up that way. It'll be huge. No, quite, particularly, I mean, particularly with him back in town. You know, like it's it's extraordinary. So that's great. Um, 
The US Open is going to be, uh, from a female perspective, is going to be pretty interesting, uh, and even a little bit more so given some local news that's broke broken earlier today. Yeah, some absolutely fantastic news for Gabby Ruffles. We spent time talking with her uh, brother Ryan a couple of, t- couple of weeks ago, mm. but Gabby's making news of her own volition here today, Andy. Had a chat with her. She's qualified for the US Women's Open at age 19, uh, in a sectional qualifier just north of San Diego. Uh, at um, a course called, I'm going to forget the name, Rancho, Rancho Santa, Santa Fe. Fe. Yep. Rancho Santa Fe, thanks, Clayton. Um, two even par rounds, got her through as one of two qualifiers, both from her USC Trojans, her teammate. Uh, they also got through Jennifer Chang. So great result for Gabby Ruffles. And in talking to her, she told me the most amazing story. She said four years ago, which is not long after she started her golf, she was a fantastic young tennis player. She said, it was my dream to play in the US Open. Tennis. Tennis. <laughs> is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Four short and years she later, is, she's yeah. going to play in the US Open golf. pretty phenomenal. Yeah, she hasn't been playing golf for long. It's quite a remarkable story. I mean, it obviously, really... a very talented athlete um, hmm. from a, with a tennis background, and but took to golf um, very, very quickly. And it's remarkable. I've literally just learned of this news. So, she, did, did, she, did she piggyback, like, did she jump on the brothers' golfing coattails? Where did her desire to play golf come from? I mean, clearly there's a, golf, a lot of golf in the family, but... Didn't she, she get to painting tennis a bit? She fell out of love yeah, right. for the game of tennis. Which is and... easy to do, isn't it? Tennis allows Oh, it. mate, imagine doing that day, day Why would you play tennis when you play golf? Really? <laughs> oh, well, on a plexi paved court and <laughs> hot and your feet are getting sore and you don't walk anywhere, you just side to side. No, that's got a nightmare written all over it. She's time. actually got a really busy month, Andy, because she's um, not only got the... Uh, regional championships for USC coming up in Washington State. Then if they get through that, uh, her Trojans will go across to Arkansas and play in the NCAA finals. And mm. they're, in my eyes, almost certain to do that. They're going beautifully. Because you're right across this. Oh, I am yeah. across my uh, NCAA I mean, golf. It's good, good on you. And then, uh, then she's going to go and play the US Women's Open in yeah. uh, Charleston, South Carolina. And then she's just been also, a massive few weeks for Gabby, um, she's been given a start on the Japan Women's Tour in the Suntory event in mid-ju- mid, uh, mid-June. So... Just a phenomenal little turn of events, a run of events. No, that's great. And further, just that point we were making before, you don't see a lot of ex-golfers go and try and play tennis. on the professional no. tennis tour. But well, it seems like... Or, or play, just play tennis. How many pro, like, great pro athletes from other sports, once their days are done in their chosen sports, then try and make a go of it on professional golf? It happens all well, the time. so much pro golf. I mean, the best oh, what, was... Scotty Draper. Yeah, well, that's right. New yeah. South Wales PGA. We've seen um, the quarter, the ex-quarterback Tony Romo's trying yeah. to tee it yeah, up. But they're no good. No, they're no good. Well, I understand but, that, but um, they give it a go. Is that, what I'm but saying. They do, what do they? But they just play golf. I mean, how many sportsmen gra- gravitate to golf as, as, as a recreational sport? Yeah. It's something. It's a story golf doesn't tell very well. Yeah. One thinks golf's a game for silly old men. Yet, you know, Brendan Goddard, who should have played in the Penta yeah. at Victoria for Metro against Royal Melbourne, but broke his hand playing football, so he didn't play. But he had a great season playing Panic. I mean, you know, yeah, right. So there were lots of really good sportsmen from all over the sporting world and we had a who great gravitate ch- to golf. Yeah. We had a great chance to chat to Elisa Healy before and during the Women's Australian Open in Adelaide this year, and she's she's a golfing fiend. Oh, a complete nerd when it comes so, to the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking of qualifying, just before we get on to Francesco Molinari... Um, you, tell, you said something about Matt Goggin qualifying for this week's Before upcoming project. for Wells Fargo, yeah. yeah that's unbelievable. Well, it is in Charlotte. Yeah. Where they're playing this week. So just Quite decided to nick down. Turned up at the four spotter and whipped it around in 68 and he's playing this week. So is he still 
a working week in week out pro golfer? Is he doing other stuff at the moment? He's doing other stuff, I think. But like what, other, what sort of other stuff? Well, we're trying to get this golf course going in Hobart, oh, okay. which is right. the best bit of land in Australia, build a golf course. I don't know if anyone wants to give us twenty million. Whereabouts? <laughs> it's in, right near Seven Mile Beach, right near um, Hobart Airport. Hobart. It's an right. incredible site, but that's by the by. But you know, he's living in Charlotte, and um, you know, I think I think he had a friend who was in the building business. Okay, right, I'll yep, be wrong, yep, but he was yep. doing some work there. And, you know, he got so trying to ride off the so team. He's divorced, but his yeah. wife wants the kids want to stay in America because so, his kids think they're American, which is always odd to me. That I said, "What do your kids think they are?" He said, "Well, they think they're American because mm. they were born there and they grew up there." And can't he give them like the so, Geelong, Geelong Footy Club? And uh, you can he get think. a bit of that going on or not? <laughs> but anyway, he's, do they know about Gary Ablett? I mean, um, I don't know. No, probably not. Don't you feel probably not? They probably know about Tony Rudd, whatever his name is, or Tom Brady, or some other. Well, no, what's he now? You're talking. I mean, that's okay. Oh my goodness. Should we talk about him for the next five or ten minutes? No, no, We should talk about the Molinari brothers. Well, footy and golf. I mean, before we get to Eduardo, can we talk about Francesco? Please. How, I don't know how this has come about. Does somebody know the link between this trainer and Francesco Molinari, who introduced Chris Fagan to Francesco Molinari? Before we well, hear from Francesco, what's the... You remember last year when we had Brad Kennedy on after his win in Japan? Yeah, I do. And we spoke to him about... Episode some 64. The, some of the things... <laughs> Are you sure it wasn't 63? I think it was 64. He, he, uh, he was talking about his mind coach and had got him in really sharp shape. And it's Dave Allred, who is also responsible for... Johnny Wilkinson, Wilkinson kicking Australia out of the Rugby and World Cup a few Luke years Donald ago. Luke Donald was his kind of golf guy. Mm. He was one, he was one who got Luke Donald to number one. Well, not the one who got Luke Donald to number one, but he was he helped Luke Donald with his game and practice. And, and I think he's also the current kicking coach or head coach or performance coach of the Queensland Reds in Super Rugby She's as well. So on the he's got a bit of a tie back to Queensland, which brings him neatly to this. So Chris Fagan uh, was introduced via Dave Allred to Francesco Molinari. And as a result, the Brisbane Lions have picked up something of an international ambassador. Hi guys, Francesco Molinari here. I'm really proud to have become an ambassador of the Brisbane Lions and just wanted to wish the team best of luck for the rest of the season and hopefully see you soon. Yeah, right. <laughs> a thousand to one, he meant that last bit. What am I going to what? say to finish this? Oh, yeah, I'll get down and see you soon. So what if he finishes up in the FedEx Cup playoffs, whatever they're called, the Tour Championship, and rushes to the MCG to see an elimination final with the Lions, Andy? You'll eat your words. Well, I'm happy to eat my words if that's the case. What are the chances for you two of Francesco Molinari ever going to the Gabba for a game of footy to watch in Brisbane Lions? Yeah, but we did, a, we did a podcast with Dennis Pugh, his coach, yeah. and they were driving back to the house after Augusta, after the final round where he kind of... Well, he, he was the guy who was going to win, wasn't he? He really? was. He was. He, he was did everything win. right until about there, yeah. And he said he was, yeah, he was actually pretty good. Dan said, yeah, he was, wasn't that disappointed. He was kind of pretty good about it. And we talked about the 15th hole. He said, my best shot was the fourth shot. He said, what do you mean? Your fourth shot was a drop. He said, yeah, that's what I mean. It was a drop. <laughs> 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 yeah, right. Well, as, as good as that is, Andy, from um, an Australian perspective, I want to give more kudos to Eduardo Molinari, yes. his, his older brother, who has taken up the cudgels unofficially on behalf of Inside the Ropes to get players moving. Yeah. On Twitter this week, Eduardo Molinari, who goes by Dodo, I think that's right, Clay. Yep. Yep. Is that what he, he used to be he called does. on tour? Dodo? Uh, I don't know what he's called on tour. He's still what he mean, used to be called on tour. He's still well, on tour. Well, he's he going is, right this is. week early in he's the tournament right. in Morocco. Yeah. He's the, he's the, and Huggy's, Huggy does the um, confidential quiz every year. Yes. And... 
one question was, is who's the smartest player on tour? So he asked Eduardo, who's the smartest player on tour? And he says, let me think about that for a bit. And he said, they all said me, right? And he said, Huggy said, yep, they did. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, he's, well, a, yeah, he's a smart, a smart guy, really good. Yeah, right. Really good, smart kid, good player. So he's pushed out hard this week on Twitter, Andy, trying to get pace of play as, an, as a, um, a talking point and for the officials to clamp down hard on some of the players who dragged the chain. And he got such a great response and he promised to go further if there was enough retweets. Yeah. Uh, and, and he, he got actually him. he got them with a leg in the air. And he published the timing summary from the European tour so far this year and highlighted only on that tour. He hasn't got scope to reach all the other tours around the world, presumably. But he's, he's basically shone a light on all the people who are basically stuffing up European tour golf. It's that's a bit harsh. I mean, that yeah. was a very big no, overstatement. Yeah, but. yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. But, we, I mean, the curse of golf is one of the curses is slow play. We talk about it all the time. That's why we have the banister files here. And the list, we won't show you, but that's that's the sort of data that uh, Eduardo Molinari's put out. And it's player's name, number of times they've been on the clock, uh, number of times they've been uh, they've breached, uh, the number of tournaments they've been played, and the fines that they've received. Now, Clates everybody's on the clock, right? The minute you tee off, you're, you're effectively... Well, you're, no, you're not if, you on get the clock, if you get behind, you're yeah, on the yeah, clock. Yeah, yeah. So you, everybody's got the potential to be on, on it. Clock, and it yeah. may not necessarily... I'm not sure what this tells us. It just tells us that Louis got fined 3000 bucks, which is euros, so... Louis Eustazen. Adrian Otegi is the big one to me. He's been timed almost twice as much as the next worst. He's a Spaniard. And he's also been fined 3000 I well, assume that's euros. I'll tell you what it tells you, Clates. It tells you they're not doing enough. Correct. That's what it tells you. Yeah. Mind you, the play was quicker at Augusta this year because the greens were slower. The greatest mm. cause of... One of the biggest causes of slow play is fast greens. Mm. And we'll see at Royal Melbourne at the President's Cup this year, the play will grind to a halt mm. because the greens will be 15 and from here to the wall, they'll putt it four feet away. It's not a bad putt off and the mark yeah. weight. So fast greens are a huge cause of slow play, I think. I agree. Yeah. Yep. But I, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Eduardo Molinari. Oh, that's anyhow, great. But love yeah. that he's doing this yeah, and, and taking it to the public because it's uh, one of the key factors that's uh, putting the slows on the, gro- the yeah. growth of the game. Well, this will sound stupid. The biggest cause of slow play is slow play. People are just obsessing about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. just, you know, I know that, I mean, I was on the clock. Everyone who plays the tour goes on the clock at some point. When someone comes up and says, you guys are two holes behind, catch up, you know how much faster you play to catch yeah, up. yeah. Which makes you realise how slow you're actually playing. I imagine you would have responded pretty well to that. Yeah, we're, back we're, in the we're, day. <laughs> you would have been good. Me and the rules officials had it. The rules officials and I had it. We had a great relationship. We, we always had fun. Yeah. I wish you two were old enough to remember him. Yeah. Oh, I used to love well, him. He was one of my favourite sports people growing up, Mike Clayton. Yeah, yeah. So angry. Such an angry yeah, young man. You were, you were terrible. I can't believe I play golf now. I never get mad at him. Right, so mad. Why is he so, so angry? You are such a nice man. Such a pointless, <laughs> pointless emotion, isn't it? You are zen on the course oh, now. I'm just saying, like, uh, yeah, it's just such a pointless emotion. <laughs> um, we touched on WARP at the start. Uh, Becky Kay, magnificent start. Then the weather came in and it was, gr- it geez, was, cr- it was brutal. Oh, the second day the was horrendous. I was actually yeah. amazed when we were talking to the girls last week from Tokyo in the lead-up. Uh, they'd got the green so fast, so soon out of, a, of their winter. And well, winter had oh, had, a, had winter, its last laugh. Winter was coming. Yeah, it was still there. Game of Thrones on, mention. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on Friday and Saturday up there at the Royal Golf Club, it it was game on. 
yeah. for the for the for the weather. Um, the Australian girls didn't love the uh, the weather so much, Joey. I wouldn't say we did get another entry into the. Uh, the Files, the club. Oh, did the we? Charlotte Oswick. Charlotte Oswick. Charlotte Oswick did we club. really? We did, unbelievably. Grace Kim. One of our own. One of our own. <laughs> We've got an Aussie in there now. Just, do you know what this club no, is? No, no, no. So this, for those who aren't aware, been listening in previous episodes, Where the, you Char- the Charlotte Oswick Club is for those players who uh, improve their round score by 15 or more. In consecutive rounds, yep. uh, we've already got three members of the club. Improve or can they go the other way? No, no, it's only a positive thing. Right. We okay. want to focus on improvement. Right. Okay. Yep. Uh, we, Charlotte Oswick, um, Kiradek Appy Barnrat, and Nicole Brock Larson have been joined by Grace Kim, who had the ill fortune to shoot an 81 in her second round in the monsoon up there in Japan. Uh, and then came out and shot a six under par 66 on the Solid. Saturday. So 15 shots. She qualifies. I'm sure she'll be thrilled to know that she's in the uh, the Oswick Club. Uh, <laughs> but more importantly, she finished seventh. Uh, sorry, t- tied 12th along. Um, she was where are we? 14 shots. Sorry, oh, let me run through this. Yuki Yasuda of Japan was the winner of the WAP. Mm-hmm. Uh, did it with a leg in the air. Great round, 67-65 on the weekend. That's pretty Slew good in golf, front of her yeah. home did crowd. Did she play in the Australian Amateur this year? Uh, if not this year, last yeah. year. Okay. I think last year. Um, she she beat Attire Titical, the reigning champion who was relegated to second. Becky Kay, as, as Joey mentioned earlier on, was the best Aussie. Cracking first round, 64. Finished up at three over in the tie for seventh. Grace Kim was tied 12th at plus 6. Steph Kiriakou and Doe Choi tied for 22nd at 9 over. Julianne Sue at plus 12 was tied 32nd. And Madison Hinson Tolchard from Perth, 17 over and tied 40th. All six Australian girls made the cut, Andy. Pretty good achievement. So that's a big, that's a tick, right? We, we give that a pretty yeah, significant tick. Yeah, tick. I spoke to Stace actually yesterday. She was on, on, the, on her way. That's Stacey Keating or Stacey Peters. On her way down to, to Tokyo to check out some, some, I think, Olympic sort of logistics. That she does, but she said that yeah, the group were great. They were pretty pretty happy with that. She said the sort of the tail wagged late, so a lot of the girls that were out of it had a blinder on the on, on the last round. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, contrary with our sort of our, our top order, I think that, the, the, they were really they were really happy as a whole. Yeah, to have two women in contention at the start of that final round, Andy, is really what you're after. Where it goes from there, who knows? Yuki Yasuda just played too well. Yeah, um, yeah. She, and she's had a big win, but both Becky and Grace were in the in with a shout coming into the fourth round. So, you know, that's, it's a tough, it's a crack field. There's some really good golfers. Oh, yeah. How close is this to the World Championship of Women's Amateur Golf? It's getting yeah. very close. Is this the best field in Women's Amateur Golf? Very close. As we talked about, there's so many coming out of out of Asia now. Yeah. Um, but interestingly, actually, too, I was speaking to, um, when I was speaking to Stace, talking about course setup mm. on that, um, it was Friday, wasn't it, where it just yeah. you know, blew its guts out. Um, they, I shouldn't, that was a really, That's really cool. bad I'll go with it. We didn't bat an eyelid. It's... Um, she said on the first hole, the girls, so this is the, the best players mm-hmm. across Asia, couldn't even make the fairway. It was blowing that, yeah, that hard into it. Right. And course set up. They had the opportunity to you know, sort of bring the tee up, sort of, I think, 40 or so metres up. Chose not to. And, and the best players from around um, Asia couldn't even make the fairway. They're not mm-hmm. great at adapting. Mm. Yeah. It's the land of the ham sandwich and the cheese sandwich, but you can't get a ham and cheese sandwich, <laughs> which was something we encountered in, in a clubhouse in, in a clubhouse in Japan once. It was, ter- it was Terry Gale said, "You know, Gale, you can get a ham sandwich here and you can get a cheese sandwich, but you can't get a but you can't get a ham and cheese sandwich." Well, he worked it out eventually, <laughs> though, didn't he? You buy one yeah, of each and you just get rid you know, of some of the bread. It's a little bit how they set their yeah. golf up. They're very kind of. 
Yeah, well, there's ways around those things, Terry. I mean, come on. You, you know, it's just the way they do business over there. The short par four in Japan tends to be the same as a long par four, just with the tee 100 yards up. Okay, right. Yeah. It's yeah. not like yeah. they're going to build the third at Kingston Heath versus the 16th. At, you know, yeah, yeah. It's just the same hole. It's just short. <laughs> right. Um, we're on the clock, speaking of being on, thanks to Eduardo Molinari. Um, any other bits and pieces? Royal Melbourne, break an 88-year drought. Is this right? Yeah, won the men's pennant. Yep. And the Colts? Division one pennant. So when I started playing pennant at Metro, they were in Division 5 and Royal Melbourne were in Division 4. And they were kind of... When I was 18, the next youngest guy was 43. We were the only two under 50. And Royal Melbourne were pretty much the same. Yeah. So there's two clubs who've come a long way in terms mm. of promoting young kids. And mm. yeah, Sorry to be Victorian-specific you know, there, but... Making pennant a bigger deal than it ever was when I, you know, 40 years ago. Yeah. Sorry to be Victorian yeah, specific, but that's you know, but the, arguably the most storied. I don't think arguably the most storied club in Australian golf. Yeah, of course. Yeah, uh, no it's, a, it's a good good achievement for them. I'm sure if anybody's got any sort of uh, like pennant related stories, they can send them <coughs> to you. And we're uh, in episode 101. We'll be only too happy to update from anywhere around Australia. There's a few pennant seasons kicking off around the country so at the moment. So Outback Masters, how are they tracking? Uh, they're tracking pretty well. www.outbackqldmasters.com, Andy, if you want to go and have a look and see that up. But I would you want to bring something else. Please do. Um, I know you'll be excited by this, but someone on the panel had a very important birthday this week. Oh, gosh. Oh, you Joey. You picked the week that we're filming it, too. You're oh, going to make me blush. Happy birthday, <laughs> Joe. It had a zero on it, Andy. Uh, 30. I've reached my fourth decade. 30. Well, well, it, uh, look at it's been a fun year so far. I've, I've liked it. Can you remember 30s. being 30? Yeah. I remember when my, when my 30 but, was. Thanks, Hazy. <laughs> happy birthday, wasn't that Joey. long ago, was it? <laughs> from everybody here. It's not that long from 30 to 60, Joe. I share it with Ryan Ruffles. It was Ryan Ruffles' birthday yesterday as well. He's 11? Yeah, yeah. Well done. Um, before we do go, um, a, a story that was well known in Australian golf amongst uh, some sections became public uh, on the weekend when Mark Allen um, decided to tell the world via a terrific piece with Johnny Ralph in the Herald Sun uh, about his battles with stage four liver and bowel cancer. Um, some have known about this. Marco hasn't wanted his story to be widely known. He hasn't wanted people, you know, feeling sorry for him and, you know, overdoing the we're on in your corner, but clearly enough people have got to know about it now and he's decided to tell the story. I don't think anyone's not going to want to give a shout-out to Marco, who's been, you know, a terrific player and a great advocate for Australian golf and um, a great media um, supporter of the game in Australia and uh, of all the challenges and battles that he's had prior to this one, uh, they pale into insignificance given the challenges in front of him now. So I'm sure that we all pass on our best wishes and offer all our support to Marco in a really difficult time for him and his family. So we're in your corner. Absolutely, Marco. Passionate, passionate man on so many levels and um, I'm sure you'll feel the love that everyone's sending you. No doubt. Uh, Good to see you three. And you, Andy. Great characters, one and all. I'm going to see you all. <laughs> Golf AU. Oh, yes. Come on, this is... QatarAirways.com <laughs> is the place to go. 10% off your next Qatar Airways flight and a bit of extra baggage. If you use the promo code... Come on, Andy. Golf. Come on, Andy. <laughs> Boot this home. Golf AU. Forget about the double bit. It's just Golf AU. <laughs> Thanks for being part of nice it. Work. Do you reckon we'll get to 200 after today? Absolutely. Mm, jury's well out. <laughs> I reckon the jury's well and truly out. Uh, this has been Inside the Ropes. Oh, there we are. This has been Inside the Ropes. Thanks for being part of it, folks. We'll be back next week to do it all again.